Hello and welcome to A New African Mind, a podcast that focuses on reshaping our views on mental health as Africans. I'm your host, Petrine Dusay. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as MBS Care. And you can also check out mbscare.co for helpful tools and tips on mental health. Today, we're going to talk about therapy, what that looks like, if you're considering therapy, what to think about, if you are thinking of therapy for a loved one, good information to have on that. Now, as you listen to this, you might think that this is a biased opinion because I am a therapist. And in some ways it is, but it's a very informed biased opinion as someone who has seen a therapist myself and intends on going again in the future. So it's not blindly biased. So why talk to a therapist? Why pay someone when you can talk to your friends and family for free? When you can talk to your priest for free? When you can talk to your pastor for free? Why spend time commuting? Why spend data on virtual sessions? When really and truly you can talk to your friends for free? You can talk to your family members for free, right? Well, here's why. It might be free now, but it might cost you a whole lot later in life. One of the things that I have come to find out is that often people will advise you and counsel you based on where they are in their own life. <laughs> so let me give you this example. You can have a friend who is in a relationship and she's had a rough time with her partner or a breakup. And then you hear things like, man, men ain't shit. Forget about men. They're not serious. They're ABCD or women. Women are bad. Women ain't shit. You know, excuse my language. And so you could be going through a tough time and when you go to them for advice or you go to them for counsel or just as a sounding board, the things they'll tell you are make sure you block the person, make sure when they call you, you cut the call, send the messages saying A, B, C, D. And very rarely is the advice or the counsel or the guidance given along the lines of what is your experience? Where does your agency, where does your power come into play? And at another time, you can go to... This same person who has just started a relationship or has patched up with their partner and what they would be saying to you is, you know, relationships are tough. They're not that straightforward. So sometimes you just have to be patient. You have to give people a chance. So you are at the mercy of this person who, depending on where they are in life and how they're feeling, is giving you advice. And it might cost you, it might cost you a good relationship or it might cost you to stay longer in a relationship that is highly unhealthy for you. You might say, I'm feeling down and the person will say, oh, you know what? Take yourself out. Do the spa day and blah, blah, blah. And all of those things are good. But is the person taking into account what your budget looks like, what your finances look like? And you might decide to take this advice and go and buy new clothes or go to the spa or whatever it is. But then you are broke or your finances have depleted and you're feeling worse off than you were before. Let's be very mindful. We all know the different types of unhealthy advice we've heard from uncles, aunties, even pastors and priests, actually. Clergy men and women who have been told by people that they're in abusive relationships. And the response is, well, what do you do to make him angry? Or what do you do to make her angry? If you do things this way, she wouldn't lash out. If you do things that way, he wouldn't lash out. And the blame is put on the victim. So you're there feeling bad about yourself. And on top of that, you have to be on the receiving end of hostility. Let me not go on about all these examples. Let me jump right into what therapy looks like. Let me give you guys the tea on therapy. Let's take your sessions. 
I often get questions like, so how long would therapy take? How many sessions do I need? How long till I'm fixed? And this is a good question. This makes sense because when you think about medication or you think about physiotherapy, usually they'll say you need this number of sessions or you need this amount of medication to get well. For antibiotics, you have your treatment regimen, you have your dosage and stuff like that. Unfortunately, because of how intricate therapy is, there is no one in this world who can say after this number of sessions, everything will be fixed. What this means is that the number of sessions that a client will end up using or taking or need will depend on what's available. So in some parts of the world, there is short-term therapy, which is between six and 12 sessions because that's what insurance will pay for. For some people, they can stay in therapy as long as they want to because the insurance will cover that. For other people, they're able to pay to stay in therapy for as long as they want to. Sometimes what will happen is that you can start with a fixed number of sessions. So usually I recommend about four sessions to commit to. And by then you kind of get a sense of whether you want to continue, what you're getting from it, your relationship with your therapist, what that's like. So after the four sessions, you can decide to continue. You and your therapist will talk based on availability. Um, sometimes so it depends on how severe the issue is. When a person is going through crisis, some people do as many as two sessions a week. Some people do a session once a week, which is the most common interval, especially in the initial stages. And then other people will do twice a month. Some people will do once a month. Sometimes when you start with once a week, you can gradually taper to twice a month and then gradually to once a month. When people decide to stop therapy, majority of the time, it's not because they feel, oh, I'm so perfectly healed and I figured it all out, but it's, I have built the tools and I would like to take a chance to, you know, practice what I have learned in the outside world. And also because it does cost money, if it's not a resource readily available to you, you can't just stay in therapy indefinitely. So this is also with regard to the duration to understand that it's impossible to be able to tell how many sessions it will take to be well or to have resolved the challenge that you're going to therapy for. What I do recommend is that you treat therapy seriously. So whatever is recommended in session and out of session, you take seriously one of the things that I have noted in my work this far is usually the clients that I see who experience the highest amount of change and growth and progress and also the ones that I see tend to experience it faster, not always, but tend to, are those people who are less resistant to facing their feelings, less resistant to being vulnerable, um, less resistant to being as honest as possible. And they're really there to show up for the session and put their all in. They get the best value for their money. But I don't say this in a judgmental way. I say it in a way that if this is something that's within your power, be intentional. If you're paying money for your sessions, get good value for your money. Most of the time, therapy can range all the way from half an hour to an hour, hour and a half. On rare occasions, people are able to book sessions that go two hours if they're in crisis or maybe it's a once in a while check-in. This usually depends on you, your availability, your therapist's availability, and whether or not you can afford to do two hours of sessions. In session, you'll be given the space to speak about what's on your mind, what's bothering you, without having to worry so much about what the therapist's own experience is. Most well-trained professional therapists, they may once in a while share experiences. 
But most of the time, you have the platform. Rarely will you hear something like, girl, like, bro, let me tell you about the time this thing happened to me. Or statements like, you know what, you're even lucky. Mine, this is ABC that happened. And before you realize you're listening to the other person, you know this happens with our friends and family members, right? But with therapy, it's different. It's your world. It's your time. It's the time that you don't have to worry about these interruptions. You don't have to worry about, am I talking too much about myself? What sessions look like vary from therapist to therapist and also what the client needs. In some sessions, they are very structured because that's what the client needs. They may be a bit all over the place. And so the therapist has to create structure to help them to start practicing that in their own lives. It may be a situation where the person is grieving and really just needs emotional support. And that's what the therapist will do. There are times when I have clients who come in and they say, you know what? I have nothing bad to report today. And we have conversations about life and their lives in general because people are so much more than their problems. Therapy can be conventional and it can be unconventional. So in another setting, when I was working for an agency, they had a very big garden. And sometimes we would go and sit out in the garden and have our session there. Or we would walk around the premises and have the session. Your therapist can go along with you to the gravesite of a loved one. And you can ask, can you go with me to go and put flowers there? Because I haven't been able to go to the gravesite. Mind you, when it comes to the unconventional ones, a discussion has to be had about the implications, the cost involved, and agreed upon. But once ethical concerns have been dealt with and addressed, and the cost involved has been agreed upon, it's such a great experience to have that kind of support with you when you're making challenging decisions. It's not far-fetched for your therapist to come to a family gathering to observe what it's like in the family gathering. It, it's a bit rare, but it does happen for various reasons. In your therapy session, ideally, you should be able to eat if you're very hungry. You should be able to come in and say, I haven't been sleeping well, and I feel so calm and relaxed here. I'd like to take a nap. And you can use that session to nap. And I know somebody might think, I'm paying all this money to come and sleep. Then what will the therapist be doing? But if you think about it, at the end of the day, it's something that benefits you. I'm not saying these are all things that you have to do, but just understand that therapy isn't the way it's often portrayed in shows where someone is lying on a couch or sitting on a couch and then the therapist is sitting back going, hmm, okay, tell me this about you. Tell me that about you. That does happen. But therapy really and truly can be anything that you want it to be, anything that is helpful. I've had sessions where we've had coloring sessions because my clients have found it soothing and calming and we talk while we're coloring. I've had sessions where my clients have played certain types of music for me and discussed how it impacts them and how they feel. There are sessions where we practice mindfulness. We work on our breathing and connecting with our emotions. So it's not a scary place, at least for the therapist that I know and I can vouch for, therapy is not a scary place. And you can also talk to your therapist and request this and say, I feel our sessions are a bit rigid. I feel a bit tense or nervous. Can we find a way to make it more relaxed? And ideally, your therapist should be willing to provide this space for you as long as it does not cause undue discomfort on the therapist themselves. In this world, we've come to realize that being rigid doesn't take you very far anymore. 
The next thing that happens in therapy sessions is psychoeducation. Your therapist will share information with you about the impact of low mood on the body, the impact of stress on the body, the relationship between our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. So we explain things, that stuff that was taught to us in school. We share that information with you. We don't try to keep and withhold the information so you can keep coming back to us. Therapy is designed to empower you so that you can go out there and practice the things that you have picked up in therapy for the rest of your life. So get as much information as you can, questions that will equip you and help you down the line. You'll get information that you ordinarily wouldn't get from friends, family, or clergymen or women because most of them haven't gone through the type of training that therapists have gone through. A very important part of therapy is judgment. And when I say judgment, I mean the lack of that. Ideally, therapy is a place where you go and you can be yourself. You can share what you've done. You can share what you've said without worrying that your therapist will look at you like, well, damn, you did all that? As a therapist, one of the things that I've come to realize is that nothing surprises me as much anymore. Because I realize that the norm rather is dysfunction. When I hear about dysfunction, it's like, oh my goodness. That's actually the norm. We all come from some level of dysfunction or have experienced some level of dysfunction or are experiencing some level of dysfunction. That's the order of the day. What's actually rare and strange is someone who has not and does not experience dysfunction in any way. And so when clients share things with me, I've had situations where they'll ask me things like, are you disappointed? What do you think of me? I'm afraid to say this because then I feel like you think I'm a terrible person. But I realized that in me being a client myself and being in that position where I've had to talk about things that I was uncomfortable about and receiving unconditional positive regard from my therapist, it's easy to do the same for my clients. It's a safe space. That's what we mean by safe space. A place where you can go and not worry about judgment. And even if you feel judged, being able to say, I feel like you're kind of judging me a little bit right now. Give your therapist the opportunity to respond to that and to engage with that. Because even as professionals, while we may be the expert, we are also required to continuously check ourselves, to continuously assess what our biases are. Another very important part of therapy I can't stress enough is confidentiality. I saw a post that said, your secret is safe with me and my best friend. And your best friend has a best friend who also has another best friend. So you cannot ensure confidentiality. You tell your auntie something and before you realize your mom is asking you about it, you share something with your pastor before you realize it's been used as a topic for preaching and the cautionary tale for everyone. And what can you do? Nothing. You can be hurt. You can complain. You can maybe also share their secrets if you know any. But what's done is done. Why pay a therapist? Because by law, they are legally required to keep everything you share with them confidential, with the exception of a few things like your intention to harm yourself and someone else, if you've broken some kind of law where reporting is required. And sometimes insurance companies will ask for information to make sure that what they're paying for is actually justified. But that's rare in our part of the world. So imagine a place where you can go, where you know that If you tell only this person this thing, it stays between you and that person unless you decide that you want to go and be spreading it around. I mean, for me, I would pay for confidentiality, if nothing else, for that. Because in our society, people's personal problems are pillow talk, ways in which friends pass time. 
before you realize they sent you to a group chat and they are commenting on your life. So be mindful of that. In addition to all these in therapy, there's something that is called insight where dots start to be connected, where you have moments of, oh, so that's why I behave this way. Oh, so that's why I responded this way. Oh, so that's why I feel this way towards my mother. I feel this way towards my father. You learn about the impact of your upbringing on who you are at the moment, the impact of automatic thoughts on your emotions. You're empowered and given this agency to start to create the reality that you want, to start to shift your life in ways that you didn't think you actually had control over previously. I'll give you an example. So today, before recording this episode, I had had a few unpleasant experiences. One of them was in a bank. You guys know how these banks can be especially in our part of the world. I left and I was just so irritated and so annoyed. And I'm like, what? This day is just BS. And I caught a glimpse of myself and I had this frown on my face. And instantly I remembered that if I don't step in at this moment, the rest of my day is going to be informed by these experiences. This idea of I'm having a bad day, everything seems to be going wrong. I realized that We actually have the power to shift that, to break that cycle. And so I said to myself, I have had an unpleasant experience. And it doesn't have to be these words. It doesn't have to sound so, you know, bougie. It could be, I've had a BS experience. I've had a bad experience. Whatever words come to you. But I refuse to allow the rest of my day to be impacted by this or to be shaped by this. Whatever new experience I'm going to have is going to be a new one. I'm not carrying this energy into it. And so from there, I was going to another bank. And no, it's not because I have a lot of money. (laughs) And I go there and there are just a few people, but I'm waiting and waiting. I'm like, these people are so slow. And my mind was just churning. And then I remember the thing I said to myself and I said, practice patience, Petrina. You said this was not going to color the rest of your day. And I was intentional about not allowing these thoughts to run through my mind continuously. I got to the counter, something happened. And I thought it was an inconvenience, but I decided to inquire about it openly. And I asked and he answered and I said, oh, thank you for the information. And he said, oh, you're welcome. Because I think he could sense the irritation initially. Let me just chip this quick thing in there that sometimes we don't realize that the energy people give us that we think they are rude and they are some way, you know, is our own energy that we've taken there and they're just giving it right back to us. We'll talk about that in another episode. But that exchange really helped reinforce the idea that I'm going to continue to have positive experiences today. And every experience I have, I'm going to let it be shaped by that specific experience and not how things have been going. I learned this through my own therapy and through my own training. So yeah, I practice what I preach. That's why you should be listening to me. (laughs) So these are just a few things that I wanted to share about therapy. Um, There's so much more about it if you've experienced, but if you're considering it or you're thinking about it for someone else, these are some of the things that should encourage you to go. We talk to people anyway. We spill our guts anyway. But many times we'll manage our image. We will withhold some information here and there, present our story in a way that makes us look good. But imagine a place where you can literally just say, me, I insulted him or her. I insulted them because I was angry. And your therapist doesn't go, ah, how could you do that, child of God? You're not supposed to insult, but rather say, I can imagine how upset you were to have used those words on that person. 
Are there other ways that we could possibly work on? Then they go a step further as time goes on to help you find healthier ways to express your frustration and anger. So if there's anyone considering therapy for themselves or someone else, you can share this episode with them. If you have any questions, you can always send me a DM on any of my platforms or send me an email and I'll gladly respond and give you more information and answer whatever questions that you have. So how can you benefit from therapy? If you still feel unsure, just go for one session. Have a feel for what the therapist is like. Have a feel for how you think you connect with them. You don't have to go back. That's the thing about therapy. If you think you don't like it, you don't have to go back. You can ask the therapist too if they believe in going to therapy for themselves or if they've ever been in therapy. The answer should be yes, especially if they've been practicing for quite some time. If you are with a therapist who doesn't believe in attending therapy themselves at some point in time in their lives, that may be a red flag. Personally, I wouldn't see a therapist who didn't believe in therapy themselves or haven't been after practicing for many years. How to get the best of it again? Take notes in your session. Review your notes. If your therapist gives you homework and gives you guidance on things that you should work on, be intentional about practicing them in the real world. What happens in therapy is a very controlled environment and can be useful, but you have to be able to translate that into the real world. That's how it becomes a part of you. That's how you're getting good value for your money. Because now outside of the therapist's environment, you are able to carry the tools that have been shared with you and be honest. Whatever guidance you're given, whatever homework you're given is going to be based on the information you share. So if you withhold and you're not honest about your situation, and your therapist decides to support you in some way, that support is going to be based on whatever information you have presented. So if you're spending money and you want to get good value for your money, be as honest as you can in session. So these are just a few things I wanted to share with you about therapy for us to kind of shift the way we think about what therapy is, what it looks like, and how beneficial it is. I hope this message helps at least one person out there to take that brave step. And as always, I wish you peace and unconditional love. Thank you.